Hello again, and welcome back to Erico Blueberry. This is episode seven, an Unassuming Destiny podcast. I've done that in the wrong order, but here we go. We're just going to keep moving. My name <laughs> is Chilibin. I'm Maggie. <laughs> uh, we are now into week five, season of the Lost. Uh, it's a similar week to last week, where there's not kind of those big watershed milestone moments in, in the story, but there's there's some intriguing stuff in there. Um, I think you have done a little bit of catch up and then we've both done this week's stuff. So I want to start with you and see mm. what you made of things. Yeah. Um, well, essentially today was entirely dedicated to doing the last two tracing the stars mm -hmm. and then a bulk of the exotic quest and yes. then also new story content stuff. Okay. So yes. do you or do you not have Agar's Scepter? No. No, because that, it takes so long. <laughs> it takes ages. Um, Agar's? It takes Agar's. <laughs> it takes Agar's Scepter? <laughs> it's uh, not exactly something that I'm itching to get. Hmm. It's not really a weapon. I would, like, it, it's going to be nice to have it in my vault, but that's mm -hmm. exactly it. It's probably just going to sit in my vault unless there's an opportunity for it. It's like a... Salvation's grip, that grenade launcher, you only pull it out when you need to use it for a When quest. I need it, yeah. <laughs> or like it enters the meta for some weird reason. Yeah. Um, spoilers, it's kind of a fun gun. Yeah, it seems weird, like fun. weird perks to it. But yeah. yeah, that's basically what I've spent the last two days doing, catching up on that and then doing this week's lore. Yes. So yeah. let's talk about that because it's... Try to remember. It, it was basically just the format was the same. It was like go talk to the compass, do an astral alignment or two, then do a shattered realm. It was like you know that kind of thing. But it's the story is more being delivered in sort of the the voice lines that happen as you're kind of loading into activities, or there's talking to the compass and then going and talking to Mara. Um, yeah. Or in this case, Sabathun. We we talked directly to Sabathun this week, I think, as well. A few times, yeah. Right, I, I feel think it's like right at the end of this week's bit. She's definitely getting more work this yes. week. Yeah. I thought you were going to say she's getting more sassy because she kind of did a bit She there. is kind of getting impatient. Yeah, she keeps hinting things like, like to me. oh, maybe, maybe I was lying the whole time. It's like, of course you fucking were. You're the god of deception. What, did, what do you think? Deception and lies. Yeah. <laughs> Expected product behavior at this point. Yes. Yeah, just don't trust shit. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of just made some scattershot notes as I've gone through it. I think you've followed a similar format. Um, yeah, there's a couple of interesting bits in there for me, like the talk of the Black Fleet surrounding us, waiting but not attacking, um, and then kind of mention of the fact that the Black Fleet, i.e. the Pyramid Ships uh, and Zebo Arath, have the same entity kind of telling them what to do was i think i, I can't remember who, who was saying that stuff but Sav. it, it sounds like yeah. I, if i remember correctly sabathun um, or it was marasov i think yeah i don't remember there's there was a lot like the amount of times you have to run back and forth between npcs i forget who says what because i also don't write it down when I and make then notes. there's also voice lines over the top <laughs> yes um but yeah, so there's some interesting stuff there because there's been references by Sabathun in previous weeks of you got the light in the dark and then look up and you'll see the the other thing. Um, so I can only assume 
that's what they're talking about here where they're talking about you know something controlling pulling the strings on both sides almost uh so that's you know daunting in a way just i'm uncomfortable it's a little bit of pressure isn't it yeah just like well, well, it gives you that like someone's looking yeah. at the back of you I, feeling I almost when you think about it it feels like, like it. someone is looking at you you're just yeah. like oh yeah um there was one voice line I, I pulled out specifically that happened when i was loading into the astral alignment activity it was pretty early on in it um where where it was sabathun is the enemy of everyone's enemy you know the, the classic phrase the enemy of my enemy is my friend it's kind of saying like no one should be trusting this yeah at all even then, I don't entirely trust Mara Sov either. No, she's up and to I'm. Some I'm wondering. Stuff. I'm wondering if that's if that is that by Sabathun's design. I mean, seeing it could as Sabathun's got influence everywhere, and she's proven to us that she's got influence everywhere. Who's to say that Mara Sov's not also being manipulated? Yeah, true, because I think it was last week. Some of the story stuff. Um, where was I going to go with this? I've already forgotten. Um, no, yes. Uh, it was kind of hinting that, or explicitly saying, that Mara's intention was to bring Crow in line as a light bearer to use him as a weapon. I can't remember if we actually talked about this last week, but that was in sort of last week's content. Yeah. And given how much influence Sabathun has had on placing Crow where he is, there's some, I don't know, I don't think Mara and Sabathun are like working together, but things are kind of lining up. And I don't know what's happening. Well, I think it's like I said to you in the show notes. Because um, playing last week's content and this week's content back to back gave mm. me kind of like a flow through yeah. easier time with the, the law, I feel, than trying to remember back to last week and being mm. like, mm. and for me, Sabathun talks a lot about herself and her sibling, which is the worm. And having to cut herself free of the worm yeah, or her sibling. But then in the same breath, we'll talk about Mara having to cut Aldrin slash the crow. Yes. Uh, like free as well. And at first, I think I said to you in the show notes, I was like, these two are running parallel. And then she said something else. And I think I went back and I backtracked and I said, maybe it's not parallels. Maybe it's synchronicity. Mm. Like maybe Mara and Crow tie heavier into Savathun being free than mm. we think with yeah. those synchronicities. Yeah. I also have a habit of overthinking destiny law sometimes too. I so. mean, look, with the way that they are like putting all these little tasty morsels out there, but just enough to get you thinking, not enough to tell you what exactly is going on. Mm. Um, I think that's natural. I think, but that's kind of the fun of, I mean, playing destiny at the moment, but also kind of what, we do with the show is where we're not trying to like go down the road of speculating and saying what we think is going to happen because you just set yourself up for disappointment but it's more just playing with the playing with the information fun. and the ideas that they've given us fun talking about theories yes exactly um so yeah it's 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 kind of it's both gross and exciting and interesting <laughs> yeah because you've got these three three sets of siblings or stories of siblings at the moment where mm. the stories are running parallel with each other. You've got the Aga Riga, mm -hmm. which then you find out is in reference to Mara and Aldrin. Aldrin. 
and then you cut under that and you've got Savathun and her sibling and yes. her saying, I need to cut myself free. Mara is trying to pull Crow in, but Savathun is saying, no, Mara needs to cut him free. And then the entire mm. Agar-Riga story is about the siblings separating. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, uh, I was just kind of poking around the Destiny community today and saw, was reminded of a fact that I think I'd forgotten a long time ago, which is when a ghost revives someone and turns them into a guardian, they don't know who they were before they died. Before that, yeah. So all this talk of like Crow and Aldrin and then almost like they're trying to bring them back together or tell him who Aldrin was so that he remembers, like, I don't know what they think is going to happen there or what they're trying to do. Myra's trying to get her dead brother back. Yeah, and and I, th- I guess th- there's a lot of grief and trauma tied up in that, but it it seems like it's, it seems like one of those things that like people just in in the world of destiny just kind of understand that that's how light bearers work to an extent, or people with ghosts. I, I don't know what the the best term here is, but yeah, it it's surprising to me that that keeps coming up, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah, um, well, I mean, there's the whole don't give Aldrin or don't give Crow the scepter. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know why why that is. Well, to me, it feels like Mara's hesitant to give it to him because she knows that Savathun got there first. Mm. Okay. So, so afraid of how, him. Because I think, I think how, they were talking in would... one of the... I think it was like Petra talking about Crow and saying she doesn't trust him was in one of the voice lines this week. Yeah. Which I get. Yes, she was basically saying that, you know, as far as she's concerned and as far as she's aware, Aldrin is still under the surface. And I think Petra is mm. afraid of Aldrin coming back because of everything he's done. Yes. But then also there's, and this came up with someone I was running a bunch of stuff with today. We don't know who shot Aldrin. Was it the Guardian or was it Petra? Yeah. So is there a reason Petra doesn't want Aldrin back? Right. She was the other person holding the gun to his head, essentially. Mm. Mm. So we don't know if it was the Guardian or Petra that shot him. So is there an underlying, more selfish reason that she doesn't want Aldrin back? God, now I'm just coming up with more ideas. This is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I really like picking stuff apart. And yeah. I really love noticing these little synchronicities. And- yeah, because Aldrin at the time was under the influence of Riven, who itself, herself, was under the influence of Savathun, right? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even know who Aldrin Solve is supposed to be, because I remember like from taking King cutscenes when he's flying the ship and the, the thing around the Dreadnought, right? Like... He he was, I think, quote unquote, a good guy, and then got influenced at some point. Well, the Sovs kind of from their inception have kind of been that weird. Like, are they good or are they not? Mm. Because and Mara's proven before and kind of proving again that she'll do anything to protect her people, true, and to expand the Dreaming City. Mm. So there is no real good for Mara, it's just what is right by the Awoken and the forces that influence the Awoken because they also pray and worship 
a higher being and we haven't really been told what that higher being is, but we see the mm. iconography of the woman in the cloak. Yes. Everywhere yeah. with the Awoken. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which, once again, also runs parallel with the statue we see in DSC oh. that represents the darkness. Oh, what do you call her every time? A uh, big scary titty lady. That's or, it. Or um, the, the crater that she's in, I call it the horny hole. The horny hole. That's that. What was, it was on the tip of my brain and I couldn't remember. It's the horny hole. Yes. Because every single one of us has gotten distracted by that statue and fallen in that crater. Yeah. Yeah, because you get under there and you look up and you hear the voices and things are kind of moving around. Whispering. But yeah. also, like, she got some good boobies. Like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maggie being horny for inanimate objects again. Whoops. Oh well. Um, I mean, there's another one at the end of Garden of Salvation, but you have to go through Garden of Salvation to get to it. That's fine. I got DSC, lady. Yeah, easier to get to. It's before Atrax. If I ever get bored, I go check out Elsie. True. Um. Anyway, st staring quickly away from things that will get us kicked off YouTube. Uh, what else have we got in terms of that storyline? I'm trying to think um, if there was some other bits in there. Shattered Realm, Scorn, yes. have started showing weird behavior. Yes. Uh, so we're back to, I wrote this down so I didn't forget, the Debris of Dreams uh, for the second time. Now that we've got all, basically all of the abilities, um, which means that I've got all the triumphs for Debris of Dreams because uh, you can now get everything and it's kind of mm -hmm. fun. But yeah, so last week when we went back to the first one for the second time um, was the first time we saw the, what are they, Ascendant Mysteries, they're calling them, where it's kind of like, what was it? It was uh, Apocalyptic Blade. Was that the name? I'd yeah. have to scroll back and find it. But yeah, where you, you like basically solve a puzzle within the Shattered Realm, kill a big enemy, open a chest. Um, classic Destiny shit. Uh, one of the ones this week involves not only charging an orb, but standing on a plate and hello, Spire of Stars. Um, but yeah, so there's some cool stuff in there, but it did also have what I think the first one that you do with the, the drill crew um, had a whole line in there about like the Scorn are harvesting ascendant energy and uh, wrote it down. Yeah, how to harvest it and refine uh, ascendant energy and they're like reverse engineering that process and then whoever i think it's petrovenge is doing that voiceover says they could not have done this on their own so i'm guessing that's a reference to what we've seen before where the taken the scorn and the hive are kind of working together someone's leading that that's got to be who they're talking about right it feels like it yeah because yeah. Have you found the room that we've affectionately dubbed Fight Club? Um, Fight Club. I'm trying to think what you might it's mean because I read all these a, secrets by myself. It's got a chest that you have to unlock by collecting three the, passcodes. With the little flames. Yes. Yes. I've found that one. So in that room, Mara talks about it's very strange that they've seemed to now develop a ritual combat. Yes, which is which is a not, hive thing. That's sword logic. Uh, which is not of their behavior. Yeah, and it looks like she says something, and I hate this word. So as soon as she said it, I was like, eh. she said that she something about sloughing off the skin yeah. of like barbaric, like being barbaric. Yeah, and starting to develop civilized behaviors. Right. 
because in comparison to the other kind of enemies that we know with well, the other enemies we know elixir hive and taken the the scorn are very kind of chaotic and mm. barbaric in a way they're not exactly the most civilized they're mm. very primitive but now they're doing things like reverse engineering drills and uh -huh. developing ritual combat and utilizing buildings and and mara kind of points that out as you find all those passcodes she's just like yeah it's real weird that they're suddenly changing their traditions and train changing their behaviors yeah. and becoming seemingly more civilized mm. and i was yeah. like oh interesting huh yes the savages are becoming civilized <laughs> the monkey has discovered the stick <laughs> Oh, somebody give them smallpox blankets. Um, okay. Oh. <laughs> too spicy? Mm. But yeah, so there's some, there's some more... F it's, it's like, you know, the next layer of fun platforming in the Shadow Realm has been peeled back because we're going back in with all the tools now. Yeah. Um, we've got Agus Septus. We're able to bust open the sparkly rocks, even though... That seasonal challenge was bugged and was not tracking that at all. So Bungie have just auto-completed it for everybody, which is real fun. Because um, I, I was I was worried, right? Because I was in there, the, fir the first run I did, I was in there with, um, oh, what was it? I, I, I don't think, no, I had Agus Scepter. I just didn't take it in. And someone else was popping all the walls. And I wasn't sure if it wasn't tracking for me because it wasn't me that did it. So I went back in and spent like two hours in there by myself, just clearing all the secrets out to make sure. And then I did the first one. I was like, oh, it's not tracking it. It's definitely bugged. Um, and then, yeah, there was a tweet from them, I think this morning saying like, don't worry, we've just ticked that box for literally everybody. Um, so I, I assume they've just realized that that's quicker and doesn't mean that they're asking people to go and run it another time to do them all over again. That would be the thing to fix it and then say, yeah, you can go do it now for all the yeah. people who have been running it and just being yeah. like, Ooh. But that was like in the first week with the Ascendant Anchors, where if you picked up the one that was sitting on the water mill, it reset your entire tracker to zero. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it became a thing of like, it wasn't worth the time for them to go and fix it and then tell people, oh, now go do it all over again. So I think people worked out that like, do the water mill first and then do, do all the rest and it's fine. Um, I think I must have done the watermill second or third because I ended up on eight or nine out of ten and then couldn't do another one. So it was fine. It, like I just got it done the next week and it wasn't too much of a hassle. But yeah, with with the way they're doing weekly releases, it's one way or the other in terms of how you do bug fixes like that. But yeah, I was I was about to say they're churning content out weekly. Yeah. And it's fresh content. So people who are complaining, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe some other online games have resets, but they're not resetting with new content. They're just rolling out, re-rolling out missions. Yeah. And, you know, people that play Destiny a lot are probably following Bungie devs on Twitter and or in subreddits, and you get information one way or another. And knowing, for example, that they built all this stuff in about three months, um, they probably had to cut some corners here and there, you know, like things might be a bit, a bit rough, uh, such as, uh, something we spoke about before the show, sometimes where you get r your corpse and your respawn point being a little bit broken in the shattered realm and yeah. it's not great. 
but you know, it's one of those things that's like I kind of put myself there. Like it was it was also stuff that was happening to me before sort of the last couple of weeks where you've got all of the traversal mechanics and I was like, oh I bet I can make this jump. I bet I can find my way in there. And then I'll get to a point where it's like, oh, I'm stuck. I can't jump my way back out because of like field of strife or something. Um, and then I literally have to leave the activity and load it up again. And by then I've cleared one or two beacons and I've got to go and do those again. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean yeah. controversial, probably a hot take, but I'd rather these little bugs than an entire dev team be put through crunch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because these are also like as much as they can be annoying. There's ways around a lot of them. Game breaking. Yeah, or it just requires you to wait a week before you tick a box in a triumph or a seasonal challenge or something like that. So there's plenty of game in there to to busy yourself with. Yeah. Um, See, for me, that mild inconvenience is outweighed by the fact that Bungie doesn't put their devs through crunch. Yes. I mean, I'm sure there's times where they work. They've had to, obviously. They they work more hours than they might usually, but they seem fairly. Uh, aware fairly aware of those issues and willing to you know with how they've spoken about it publicly and spoken out against it um it it would be the sort of thing where they do it because they have to but they also balance it by like giving people extra time off or, or something like that granted neither of us work there so we don't know the truth of it yeah um they seem like a real one i'll say that much i mean all their ex-employees have good things usually to say about yeah. them so yeah Anyway, back to the content, back to the game, back to the back to the shattered realm. Um, I don't, yeah, the, there's there was the ascendant mysteries, so Fight Club and um, the the drill crew. Uh, I don't think there was much much other new stuff other than being able to open some extra boxes. I did actually know when I was doing that first run through the shattered realm, um, the 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 door to go into that Fight Club room. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but the little keypad that you used to open the door had a little symbol on it, a little a little bit of scourge of the past making a reappearance, a little, little, little orb, a little circle showing up. Um, no, it was a triangle because there's another one around the corner, which is a circle which you used to open the, the gate in the floor. Um, so that, that was a nice little bit of nostalgia to like think about scourge of the past again. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that raid. Well, I mean, the the Shattered Realm in all of its iterations is perfect to do those little, mm. like, nods to yeah. past content because yeah. it is bits of different areas being pulled into this Ascendant Plane kind of realm. Yeah. So it, they can have fun with that and do those little callbacks or those little Easter eggs and shout-outs. Yeah, yeah. It, the one thing that I, that I found kind of funny was the, they had the memory caches. Did you find those? No. No, because they don't show up on any kind of objective objective tracker. They're basically like these metal eggs that are just hovering in the air, and there's three of them, I think, in each one of the Shattered Realms. But even, like, I, I, actually, I don't know if they show up when you've got True Sight, because True Sight shows you where, like, anchors and chests are. I don't know if it shows you memory caches as a little objective marker, but when you when you see where they are, when you find them, they seem like something you would almost run into with how fucking obvious they are in terms of like their placement. They're kind of a dark object in a dark environment. So they, 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 they hide well, even though they're literally hovering above the ground in a pretty central place. Um, 
but yeah, they they drop some some kind of interesting voice lines. It's it's nothing. I don't think it's anything we haven't already spoken about. It's just more like color from some other perspectives and things like that. Mm. I didn't actually write any of them down. Um, but yeah, they're they're easy enough to find. It's like like I said, when you run it, when you like find a guide or something and and track them down, you'll you'll pick one up. You'll be like, oh fuck, I should have just run. I would have run past this actually. It's like right there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fucking turn your eyes on. Turn that brightness up again. <laughs> uh, um, I don't have to anymore because I got a new monitor. It's yes. Great. Yes. Very good. Every now and then, like these blinds behind me, I'd have to close because like there's just enough light that comes in through there that makes it a little hard to distinguish things on the screen. Um, but yeah, can make a world of difference being able to see what you're doing. Um, what else have we got from story stuff? Have I missed anything? Um, oh, Mara being aware that Sabathon is a manipulator. That was one from you. There's um, a few voice, yeah. voice lines there where she makes it very clear that she knows mm. Sabathun is full of shit, mm -hmm. <laughs> to put it nicely, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it left me, especially in the show notes, I think I was like, why invite her in then? Especially to somewhere as sacred as like your chambers, essentially. Yeah. She's she's in a very sensitive part of the Awoken realm. Like, yeah, yeah she's in a big cocoon, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like was... you've invited her in and you're seemingly playing along with her. Yeah, that was like, the thing. Like, I think there was a line from Savathun about like Mara being able to like get what she wants out of that relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Which was like, oh, so you're just you're kind of just in this cocoon, just going along for the ride, huh? Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, but also like it made me think like, is Mara's grander plan in the end to get to Zivu Arath or? Mm what is above right like yeah. what is mara's end game and to me it feels like mm. it's much more than the aldrin crow thing to me it feels like she has a grander plan aside yeah. from that so i'm wondering if if she's leveraging savathun to get to zivu arath mm. or this grander entity that keeps getting referred to yeah god um hmm. i'm trying to think how much how much more of that quest line we've got to go? Because we're up to like, I think that quest has like 50 something steps and we're up to like 36, 35, 35 36. Yeah, 35, 35. So there's probably only a few weeks left on it. I wonder, given how much time we've got until Witch Queen actually comes out, if they're going to do what Season of Arrivals kind of did where the story kind of just got to a point, finished, and then we just had to like fill the time. You know, I'm well, I sure. mean, we've got oh, we've Season got, of the yeah, Lost, which plenty. will break it up. Yes. No, Season and of the Lost is the season. We've got Festival of the Lost. Festival of Lost, yeah. yeah. And then the 30th the anniversary, the dawning. The 30th anniversary, the dawning. And then in February, Witch Queen drops. Yes. So they can peter out the yeah. lore in between these, what are they? They're like fortnightly events mostly? Almost, yeah. Yeah, like we've got... They usually last two resets. Yes. Yeah, it's like two or so three weeks. So they can, now that we're in the end of, oh, the end of September already, yeah. um, 
they can make the Festival for the Lost last a month if they want to, because, you know, October is spooky season. Like, Well, I think those dates are out because they haven't got, like, a full season calendar like they usually do, but they've, they've put out dates to say this is when Festival of the Lost is happening, this is when the anniversary is happening. I can't... Yeah. I can't remember the exact the exact dates, and I'm not going to. So pull we it have right now. we have Festival of the Lost, anniversary, yeah. festive season, okay. nondescript holiday because non-denominal holiday because they're aware that their player base is not just Christians. Yes, yes. Come to Christmaka in Destiny. It's a fucking it's an OC reference. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's a non-denominal holiday and yeah. it's got hints of all the f- holidays in it. Like it's got hints. Except of- that one year with one of the sparrows was just a giant fucking Santa sleigh. Come on. Yeah. But then they've also got <laughs> they've also got callbacks in some of the designs and some of the emotes and stuff to Jewish holidays yes. and Kwanzaa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they kind of cram it all in as much as they can. Um, so I feel like as we hit the end, so as we hit mid-October through to December, the lore yeah, is probably true. going to be petered out in yeah. between, like they're going to pepper it in between mm. events. Because yeah, it seems kind okay. of silly to try and run the lore through the 30th anniversary stuff. Yeah. And you know what? Like And Christmas and yeah, Halloween. The, the thing I've just remembered is Season of Arrivals felt like that because it was a delay mid-season that they mm-hmm. that they announced. I'm pretty sure with this season, they would have they hadn't announced the Witch Queen release date, or they had, and it was what it is now. So I'm they fairly certain. Yeah, I'm fairly certain they, this season was planned with that date already kind of known. Yeah, so they they'd already like pretty much within a week of the Witch Queen trailers and stuff. They then dropped a roadmap because a lot of people were like, yeah. okay, well, what's going to be happening with all the the seasonal stuff mm. and then the holiday stuff and then the anniversary stuff yeah. and then witch queen like how are you going to make this season last essentially four months yeah it's a big one yeah but yeah there's well, there's a lot that there's both not a lot of time and so much time between now and was it 22nd of february um that it comes out so i am very intrigued with how this develops um i'm not forgetting 22nd february because uh work when i booked it said are you sure you want those dates off like it's ages away it's nothing it's in the it's in the middle of our busy season and i'm like yeah i'm sure yeah oh do you have anything planned for that week yep i'll just say just say no as a flex (laughs) i'm gonna go visit the queen yes yes which one uh take your pick still with them still not sure which one is the witch queen could be either honestly (laughs) They're both witches. Um, yeah, so that's kind of it for this week's story stuff outside of probably the small details we've missed. I will... Uh, so there is one little bit out of the latest Ripple's uh, law book entry that I will read. Um, don't worry, it's not a full uh, law entry like we did, um, as fun as that was. But it's, it's kind of um, Zavala and Ikora talking about Saint... And just kind of being like uh, exasperated almost that they can't really seem to help him. Um, but Ikora says to Zavala about Saint, um, he suffered through an eternity of battle to keep us safe. Then he comes to the tower and lets his guard down, lets himself care for someone, and that's when he gets hurt. And I read that and I was just like, fuck off. How long are you going to pull on this heartstring? Yeah. 
Saint Simp, heartbroken. Yeah. yeah. I, on the subject of Saint, and we'll we'll get into trials later, but on the subject of Saint hurting, have you noticed there's a few new voice lines? If you hang around Saint? What, if you just stand next to him in the, yeah. in the hangar? No. Yeah, at one point he says, I don't really want to talk to you right now, Guardian. Oh, my God. What? This poor man. Something something along those lines of, like, I don't really want to see you or talk to you right now, Guardian. I mean, fair. But... And I'm like, and then I, I stood around for ages to try and get the voice line to put in the show notes, but it didn't come up again. So I think it's one of those rarer voice lines because I feel like the impact of him every 20 seconds saying, go away. You imagine, like, you, you're, you're, there, you're there trying to, like, pick up trials, bounties and shit. And he's like, go and, like, away. Every minute he's like, hey, can you get out of my fucking face, actually? It's like, I'm kind of pissed at you. Can yeah. you go away? Can you just let me sit here and jack it with these pigeons? Oh, I was going to say <laughs> mourn. Like, he just wants to be sad and feed his pigeons. He could be both. He could be having a cry wank. You don't know. It's an exo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he comes with one of those attachments. I think that costs extra, homie. He's got that robo hog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep. <laughs> I I was the one who was horny for robots here, but that specific robot is where I where I uh, cross the line and say yes, please. Just Saint. Yeah, just Saint fourteen. Saint number one robot. The helm of Saint fourteen stays on in bed <laughs> <laughs> with a giant fucking mohawk, just trying to sleep. <sighs> no, the pigeons like to watch. Oh yes. <laughs> Now we're talking. All right. He's essentially the pigeon man from Hey Arnold. Yep. <laughs> Except with a giant gun. Yeah. <laughs> so why 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 why? Do, why do we just make every Destiny NPC horny? Uh lockdown's <laughs> been rough for some of us, Hobie. Yeah. You try you try being single during a pandemic. Yeah, you're right. Any viewers I don't know out there. <laughs> I think we just we just made I'm Varric, single. <laughs> we just fucking turned Varix into a horny idiot because it was funny to do it in his voice. Whereas a saint, it's just kind of sad. <laughs> the Varix thing grew from how unbelievably excited I was for Varix to be back. Yeah. When they announced him. And then us sitting up at 3 a.m. because we we waited for the DSC launch. Yeah. We all did it together. And me just squealing because Varix was back, and then me getting incredibly angry about his arm being ripped off. Yeah. And then it just turned into v Mecky loves Varix, and it just escalated from Fuck. there. That was actually like, yeah, being awake at what was 3 a.m. Australia time for the Beyond Light launch, and then sitting in those server queues together. I'm fucked. That was actually so fun. I'm so excited to do it for Witch Queen. Yeah. That's why I took time off. Yeah. I was like, the DSC, look at us getting all sappy again, but that's mm. what we do. Yeah. Um, the DSC drop. And DSC or Beyond Light? Beyond Light and DSC. Us being up early. Mm. Like, I think some of us got home from work, went and had like a two or three hour nap, and then got up to join the server queues. Yeah. And then all of us getting in around the same time was exciting because we were worried like, 
some of our fire team members are in a different country so there was that fear that like yeah. we would get in before them or they would get in before us but we all dropped in at around the same time muted ourselves while we enjoyed the, cut the opening cutscenes yeah. um and then pretty much just squealed for the mm. until 10 o'clock the next morning uh, while we played through everything do you and I have been reminded of this because I've been doing some of the new light stuff with my brother. The moment when that that first brig just drops in front of you, like when you first Varix is frozen in his little ice pants, and you turn around and his fucking brig is just like dunk. Oh, what is this? They've got mechs now. Like that was uh, so good. I think fuck. a bunch of us were just sitting there like, what the fuck? Yeah. What and the also, fuck? And also because like we were at the what bottom. What is this? We were at the bottom of the power curve. So they were like unkillable almost in some instances. Yeah. Just. It was just ugh. those things were basically just keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen so many fucking enemies with swords next to their health bars. Me screaming how much I hated the big bad from that DLC because of her tearing Varix's arm off. Yeah. Although he does have that and sweet then, robot hand now. Yeah. And mm. then me being, me being very upset. Yeah. About his little stump. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Oh, the one story thing from this week, we forgot to mention Sabathon, keep Cade's name out your fucking mouth. Bitch. <laughs> so that, because I play with subtitles on just so I don't Same. miss anything. And when, when, I, and I always, I can't help this. I look down at the subtitles when they change even though they've just started on the first word. I'm looking at the last one. And when I saw R.I.P. Cade at the end of her voice line, I was like, don't. Are you about to be like, yo, rip to a real one, fam. I'm out of you. Like, get out of here. The way she said, I love her voice actor. Yeah. But like the way she said it had Paul one out for our dead homie energy. Yeah, she's like, R.I.P. Like Cade. Where she was like, rest in peace, Cade. And then continues talking. Yeah. Like she didn't just say what she said about our dead homie. <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah. Like, bitch, you might be frozen, but yeah, you might have actually made up. him dead. We don't put know. your fucking hands up. <laughs> I'm about to throw hands. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was. I was not. I'm about I, to punch I, I, did not, I did not see that coming. Even though I'm like yeah. fairly convinced she's the one that made Aldrin do that. It's like you, yeah, you don't get to like turn around and do that. Just shut see, up. I thought about that, and then that made me really uncomfortable because I was like, is she, does she want? crow in the vanguard for a reason yeah i keep thinking that i like, keep thinking why that. why did she do that why did she make him a light bearer and it's just so circumstantial he ended up being a hunter mm, how convenient oh it's not circumstantial that's the whole vanguard kind of i mean hang on look at his tradition. build as if that man would be anything else yeah well i mean like <laughs> i forgot i forgot mara wasn't a, a light bearer today and i was like yo mara a hunter though because she's got I should be a warlock. Easy she's warlock. She's got the hunter mark. Yeah. She's got that cape. But she got the magic abilities that look more like a warlock. Big true. Yeah. I mean, I'm also the same person who forgot I play as an awoken warlock. And uh, we spoke to a techie on today and she called me cousin. And yeah. I was like, you're homie. I'm not your fucking cousin. Yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> and the guy, I, the guy, the clan member that we were running with clan member mm, don't like that wording mm. um the fire friend. team member you can say friend friend the friend we were i was running stuff with today was like uh you're in awoken <laughs> i'm not her fucking cousin you should know these things you're in awoken <laughs> he's like you're kind of her cousin because you're in awoken i'm like yeah. I'm not her fucking cousin it's honestly like one of the reasons i have the setting um 
to have my helmet off in social spaces so that I remember what fucking race my characters are. You know, I've got I've got like I've got one of each, um, both mm. class and race, but I always forget other than my Titan because it's my main. Um, but yeah, every time I load into some shit where they where they where it's like Marisol and that, and they're like, ah, yes, welcome cousin or welcome brother. It's like stop this. Oh, right. I am one of you, actually. Oh, I'm a blue lady. Yes. I'm a weird blue goth boy. <laughs> Space goth. <laughs> yeah. I guess while we're chatting about the Awoken and everything, mm-hmm. um, our, our friend and I fucked around a fair bit in different Awoken spaces today, mm-hmm. um, just shooting the shit. We're both art and history nerds, so... Um, I guess we see a lot of symbolism in things that maybe other people might miss because we were used to religious iconography and sure. stuff like that. And to me, Sabathun still looks like Mother Mary iconography, mm. where she's got the hands up to her heart, like that's the way she's frozen. Right. And right. then she has the the orb directly behind her head. Mm. That feels very Mother of Mary to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then our friend pointed out that the triangle is the symbolism for the darkness because mm-hmm. the they they use the, the spicy Doritos. Chips. Yeah. Yep. And then typically the light is represented by the orb, the traveler. Yes. If you look at Zabathun from the first point that you enter the room, but also the first point that you interact with her when that E comes up, mm. if you look directly at her head, that triangle intersects perfectly yeah. with the circle, which is yeah. great. I, th- I think we spoke about that a few episodes ago because it's also yeah. the fucking box art for Lightfall is yes. the circle and the triangle overlapping. But then we then we went into the confluence. I yes. keep calling it the confluence. No, it's the confluence. I don't know why. And we realized that Savathun is pretty much in the exact same pose as all of the statues that oh. the Awoken pray to. I think I need to go back into the confluence. If and you look, at, look at it, this one imagery that keeps and the Tekuans dress like this. We don't know what this entity is. For all we know, the Awoken being born of when the light and the dark clashed. Hmm. For all we know, the Awoken might pray to what is above as well. Yeah, but those statues are hooded. And their hands are up to their chest in the same pose that Zavathun is in. Where it's not quite like that, it's like that. Mm. Yeah, you've got my brain box a ticking now. And that's what all I can hope for is maybe the people listening or watching this are also like, huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out in the comments if this conversation made you go, wait, what? That's, Shout that's out if you're to about know. to head back in the confluence. <laughs> yes. Yes, or go and, I don't know, dig into the Destiny Law subreddit and just nerd out with some people. Um, yeah, okay, I kind of want to run through the Confluence again. Now that I know where it is, because you had to do a bunch of it for Aga Scepter, it was like, oh yeah, I know how these clues work in the quest, but I can't remember where the fucking Confluence is. And then I... I had to get our friend to show me. I was like, I know yeah, where it is. Then I kind of like... I haven't like, been in there forever. Yeah, I went back Prof- to... Since Shattered Throne. The, um... The week prior where you had to go to get the, oh, what are they called? Skews. The skews. Thank you. I um, keep, I only know because I keep accidentally calling them the skewers. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I like went to where the last ones were. I was like, oh, there's this building here. I'm pretty sure in there 
it was Harbinger's Seclude, which was one of the clues, and the rest were all about the confluence. And I was like, maybe it's just I follow on from there, and I and that worked. Um, so now I know where it is, but I didn't remember before that. <laughs> yeah, go check out those statues, a, and then go back and have a look at Zabathun's cocoon. I'm gonna, I cocoon. bet you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some fucking screenshots. I'm gonna send them to you and be like, God fucking damn it, Mackie, what have you done? Also, now my brain is full of that. Um, yes. So that's kind of the story stuff out of the way. Or I think I think that's that's all of it. Um, a, a quick mention to say that I am in the worst part of the Destiny power grind, which is that I need little, literally two items to be at max power. Uh, so I'm at 1329 power and six out of eight. Um, and the game's not going to give them to you. Well, it's, it basically just means I need to do every pinnacle I can and hope that they land in those two spots. Um, and it is the worst. I think I've, I've been in the, in the spot before where it's seven out of eight. And then you get like four pinnacles in a row that drop in the wrong place and it does your fucking head in. So that that's fun, but that's. I'm 1324 and four eighths. Okay. Plus nine. Four artifact strength. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, just going I, off the raw gear score. Yeah, I do have two 1324 pinnacles I need to pop. Ooh. Uh, I, I need heavy and uh, my band. Mm. And then I'll, I'll be slightly closer to the cap. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. I think there's a few of us that are pushing to be ready for Grandmasters when they drop which yes. i think is a couple of weeks away um this is the season i've decided i'm going to start running grandmasters so i, I am making that push as well i think it's good to do it this season because lake of shadows i think will be in the rotation and that's one of the easier ones um mm. so you'll get a taste for it um which is why you have to get to like i think it's 1345 is the target because that's effectively the cap because it's contest mode um so yeah, that's that's a fun grind to be in, but also really fucking irritating when it gets to this point. Yeah. Because um, up until this point, you're like, yeah, I'm like right on the on the edge of the power curve. I'm up there with all the people that play this game a whole bunch, and then you get to this point, it's like, fuck, now I'm just stagnant. Uh, but it hopefully doesn't take too much longer. Yeah. Um. All right. Before we talk about trials, is there anything else you wanted to slip in? Any any quick ones? Uh Super quick, I think, because you got to tell one last week, I finally had a community moment this week. I oh, had a couple. A, a, a quote-unquote very Destiny moment? I had a couple. Yeah. Um, which is, it's unusual for me to have them because when I do play, I tend to play with uh, fight team members, so mm. I don't really have, like, solo moments. Right, yeah. Um, All right, hit me. I think the first one was... There was a bunch of people having a dance party in the tower. Classic. Up on the scaffolding that's near where Iron Banner usually loads in. Like, oh, yes, like that big Salad. open area. Yeah, Salad Man. Um, <laughs> Saladin. Um, yes. We're usually that'll proc when it's Iron Banner week. There was mm -hmm. a bunch of people just having a random dance party yeah. at the bottom of the scaffold. Uh -huh. So I got up on the scaffold. And this is purely, I went to go hit my dance emote and I hit baby elixney because oh, I have just... my dance emote on the bottom and then the other three are baby elixney because I like to spam it. <laughs> you 
use on a master keyboard and get a, get yeah. a baby. Out and I also it. like to make sure that when we play trials, they see baby Elixir as my trials of mode. I do the same one. Like it's <laughs> it's on that fucking oh uh, yeah. It used to be the tiny ride, and you're just like on the little. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has that one emote where like this is my emote. Yeah. Um. So I just let it happen, and everyone underneath stopped dancing, and then started to take a knee. <laughs> Oh my god! So they were either crouching or they had the take a knee emote, right? And they were all kind of lined up, looking at the elixir baby, Amazing. with the, all taking a knee. And I was like, I wish I'd recorded this. A few of them had the sword salute emote as uh, well. Okay, and I was so like, hang on. This is incredible. To take a step back, during the dance party phase, was anyone running that annoying as fuck DJ emote where the sound can be heard everywhere? Yeah, it was one dude. Okay. And then they were all dancing around him. Okay. And I was like, when, I want attention, so I'm getting on the scaffold. When it, when it shifted to baby up, everyone take a knee, did the DJ continue? No. Okay. He took a knee it? as well, Damn. and the music went away. Damn. And I was, I was like, kind of, I was kind of hoping that it was like this reverent scene, you holding up a baby, everybody's showing affection towards it, and just yeah. in the background. But it was like the end of Lion King. Yeah. It was my pride rock moment. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pride rock, but it's also like a Euro house DJ. Like, hey, put your hands up for this baby. <laughs> Get ready to drop the bass. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the second was when I was doing the Ascendant Anchors part of one mm-hmm. of the Trace the Stars. Yep. And obviously a whole bunch of us had loaded into the Tangled Shore because mm-hmm. that's where they, they tell you to go for yep. these. And we were all obviously looking for them. We'd grabbed, a bunch of us had grabbed them at once. We were all in the same area. So obviously we all went for the same anchor. One guy split off from the pack and then started to do the, like the, the directed plea emote, like the come here this way. The one that's like the point. Okay. And we all kind of looked at him and then he ran a little bit further away, did it again. And it was like united. We all just went, yeah, all right, let's, let's follow this guy. So we started following him. And he started leading us to all the anchors. Amazing. And there was no spoken word, nothing in mm-hmm. the chat, just literally this guy using this emote, running, using it again, yeah. running. And then when he got to where the anchor was, he would like crouch, spam. Yeah. We'd get the we'd get the anchor. He'd run a little bit further. Huh. And then symbol. And then when we got them all, he started like dancing. And we Amazing. all started dancing together. Amazing. And I was just like, this is incredible. I love this. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I wish I'd recorded it. But. That's the kind of shit that, like, while crossplay is active, but text chat is impossible for console players across the PC. Or I don't even know if console players can do text chat at all. Um, mm. That's kind of the only tools you've got at your disposal is weird body language bullshit. Emotion movement tech. Yeah, but also the 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 bad part of my brain was like, what if he did that and then went around the corner and had a white sparrow just sitting on the ground? Like, hey, come check out my white van. <laughs> just there's an- there's anchors in the room come into the room yeah <laughs> uh yeah but that's that's very it was it's fun. very destiny fun and cute and i yeah. love it yeah i love these moments yeah huh um yeah so to finish off we'll talk a bit more about trials i think um yeah because we dabbled some more they made some changes again this week to try and improve some experiences within it um yeah much 
the loud minority on Twitter are pissed about it as usual, yeah. but I had a look at it and I sat down with my, as we've established in past episodes, my ex mm. full-time trials player brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is an attempt to make it accessible, but then mm. they're also on the other hand, trying to rebalance it for the people who play it all the time. Yes. Yeah. So and I think people saw this bit, but didn't see this bit. So they're mm. complaining about the flawless stuff without realizing that, there's rebalancing happening on the other side. Yeah, of the coin. yeah. So, for a bit of context, for I guess there's still plenty of people that don't want to fuck with trials, and fair enough, it's sweaty as fuck. Um, but essentially, what they, what they, I think what they changed this week, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else, but one of the big ones was the introduction of the flawless pool for matchmaking. Um, so the matchmaking, and this is this was the same last week when it when it first dropped. Um, it's based on like number of wins on your card at the moment, plus your performance for that weekend or that week, I should say, because it's like, you know, through to reset. Um, so they start by trying to like do a narrow band around people that have performed similar to you. And then if they can't get a full team based on that, they start widening the scope until they do. And then this week they introduced the flawless matchmaking pool, which is anyone that's gone flawless on a card, they essentially get put into that pool as an initial priority. And if they can't get enough out of that, again, they expand the scope, filling it with people based on wins and things like that, like they have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that was kind of the, the, the way that they were talking about it, right, was trying to re- reduce the number of matches that result in an, a 0-5 result because it's no fun for that team that's getting zero. And a lot of that, I can I can see the data pointing to the fact that a lot of that is flawless players going in to do another card, make another trip to the lighthouse, and just going through the matchmaking like anyone else. Um, so it makes sense to me from mm. from that standpoint. Um, in terms of the raw numbers, it's pretty interesting as well. Um, so again, shout out to Trials Report on Twitter, where a lot of this has come from slash all of it um this was on well two days ago uh so before the reset uh it would have been what tuesday so day before reset um so far that week fifty six thousand people had reached the lighthouse in destiny 2 for the very first time so a lot of people there's a lot more people playing trials and a lot of people actually are realizing that it they're kind of good at it right they're going flawless they're going to the lighthouse the first time um, in that same tweet, almost 77% of those tried the previous week as well. And around 6.5% never played Trials of Osiris before this week. So people who are yeah. going flawless had never tried it before. They probably came up against, you know, any of the roadblocks that we've experienced where it's just impenetrable in previous iterations. Um, so it just... As much as like, yeah, cool, there's still things they need to work on. They're trying things every week. They're trying to improve the experience for the majority of players. And I'm not even sure what they're complaining about with this flawless pool stuff. Like, are, are you now getting, are you not getting as many easy wins on the board? Like, is it, don't you want it to be competitive? Like, what is the problem here? I think, I think that's the problem too. And maybe part of the issue is I think a lot of people who thought they were good at trials are now realizing that now that it is more acceptable, there are a bunch of talented players coming through the pool. Yeah. 
yeah. there's a, a bunch of people who are maybe trials felt inaccessible so they play a shitload of crucible yeah. i know i've got a few friends who have not touched law stuff unless mm -hmm. there's an exotic they want yep they play trials eight hours a day when they are online their weekend is just different trials modes yeah i um i am, I am who... becoming one of those people like my saturday yeah. was almost all trials and then we did a raid um, yeah and you have people it's the thing where like i'm within a single week of trials i'm noticing myself getting better mm. you know like i'm picking up where angles are which weapons work for me I'm not buying into the meta bullshit. I'm running like a messenger pulse rifle with head seeker because it actually fucking slaps real hard. And I'm still running sunshot and path of burning steps for the up close stuff because it works for the way I play. Yeah. Right. Like that that's working for me. It's still, I'm starting near the bottom of people that are in trials. Like, you know, I, I got a few wins. I, I managed to do both pinnacles this week with the 50 round wins and seven match wins. Um, yeah. And I'm actually enjoying it as much as sometimes it's beating my ass. Like I'm That's enjoying the experience. I'm enjoying the learning experience. Cause then I go and play regular crucible. I'm like, Oh fuck. I know where the angles are now. Whereas before it was just like, there's 12 people on this map. It's fucking chaos. <laughs> and that's it too. You've got a lot of people who found trials inaccessible, So mm. they play elimination and survival, which are trials light. Yeah. And it, you've got these people who are coming in with thousands of elimination games under their belt mm -hmm. and they're picking up trials like it's second nature at that point. Yeah. And I think a lot of these trial sweat lords, you know, I don't mean to, I used to be one, mm. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. They're starting to realize they're not as good as they think they are because mm. they've spent the last, what, five years-ish? Yeah. Playing this pretty much the same pool of people. Yeah, and, and you're starting to see... 50,000 people internationally. Yeah, you're starting to see, like, cheaters being pulled out of the pool. You're starting to see people that were doing paid carries pulled out of the pool because, surprise, that shit is a bannable offense now. Yeah. And they're writing twitlongers about it, and it's like, sorry, you broke the rules. Like, what did... We're not... There's no sympathy here. Like, you know yeah. what you did. You got banned. So, of course, the people who contribute to the inaccessibility are going to feel personally attacked by these changes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's also funny reductive. to me because they would always say to people like, oh, just adapt, like, just get good. Like, okay. Yeah, now I was you. literally about to be like, without being reductive, boohoo, so sad, get good again. Yeah. Like, you can't be the the, yeah. the top all the time. Yeah, I, I, and say, all these... I say this next part as someone who has played high-level competitive sport for most of the last, like, 14 years. The... If you really love competition, you you also love the fact that sometimes you get challenged and then you have to learn and adapt and improve. If if yeah. all you love is winning at whatever cost, then you don't actually enjoy competition. Yeah. You just enjoy and, exploiting people. And that was that was I used to play quite high level Counter Strike. Mm. And then I got into almost like professional carrying mm. people in trials. And then coming into when Destiny 2 dropped on PC and then also not having played Trials for a while, I had that shock of, oh. Oh, it sucks in here. <laughs> trials is hard. That's yeah. right. Trials sucks. Yeah. You know, and, and it just wasn't for me anymore. But mm. now that they've got those changes, I'm falling in love with Trials again. Yeah. And honestly, most of it is just how frequent 
the like the stuff they've done around the loot is enough right like mm. the thing i've noticed is like you earn trials rank points no matter what obviously more for a win you earn more points based on how many round wins are on your card and i think that caps out at 20 so i got to 20 round wins and it was kind of just like plateaued for a bit not able to get the next win until later on i eventually did but i was just sitting there like oh these rank points are just kind of going up and then oh i've got another trials engram i'm gonna go see if i get a better role for this weapon and maybe that changes up how i play this week um so yeah it's it's actually making you want to kind of keep going and the, the matches are pretty quick too e- even if it goes to like a 5-4 which i had a few do they're still yeah. fairly quick because they're 90 second rounds yeah it's they so feel fast good. they feel punchy yeah and you know it's it's again as much as there are probably some improvements that can still be made overall where trials is at and where it has been for the last two weeks is such a good place yeah you know like it's still competitive at least everyone i talk to seems to think that um and i mute a lot of the people on twitter that are loud and say it isn't because they're no fun Um, yeah that's it so yeah the and there's some more interesting stats that have uh that i found sort of earlier in the week from again trials report um just in terms of like breaking down some of the numbers um and there's some percentages attached to these so like overall players went down by six percent so it was like still 700 and something thousand 701 thousand i think yeah but drop off's normal yeah it's week two and people are going like cool i tried it realize it's not for me and to only lose six percent week to week Mm. okay pretty good people are still interested in the changes i think they're still like, oh, well, maybe this flawless pool will actually make it a bit better for me. Be interested to see what the numbers are this week. Um, and when you take into consideration Call of Duty and mm. other competitive games, their first week of launch, yeah. they have usually a 20 to 30% drop off. Yeah. Um, but 7% increase in flawless players, which is interesting. Um, but then at the same time, 32% less on matches. Mm. so that's kind of, I, I haven't sat down and really thought about what those numbers mean but also like just under 30% less in terms of kills which I guess tracks with matches but um, yeah people are out there still playing trials like they're giving it they're giving it a fucking go and shout out to my to my boy the pulse rifle the messenger top of the top of the list at what 4.9% percent um next one down mythoclast of course because that thing is just everywhere um that yeah. gun's overrated that's all i'm gonna say i want to get it just to see how it feels but it's i'm only saying it's overrated because i don't have it yeah and then you get me like yo this gun whips <laughs> it's like eyes i'm gonna yeah. get eyes and put it straight in the vault <laughs> yeah think about it later um but yeah so i'm like i'm gonna keep an eye on trials report on twitter because it is honestly interesting for me to see the really numbers. Really interesting stats, yeah. Because it's it's one thing to see people putting opinions out there, but when you see it just with the raw ass numbers against it, to be like, oh, actually, I see how you got this opinion. I can actually see who's kind of trying to mislead me about it a little bit. Um, and there was there was another one also from uh, DMG. Shout out to the boy for getting married uh, this week. This week. This week, I think. Um, but yeah, he was he was up in the replies of someone trying to be like, 
yeah, what about the high-end trials players and all of that? And his response was, was uh, I'm just going to read the whole thing because it's actually really good and is, again, a, a testament to just how fucking direct this man is and how valuable I think that is in his role. Um, he's basically saying, lots of focus on the haves, very little on the have-nots. Will be pretty hard maintaining a population of flawless players. Stomp others every weekend or weekend, even if those players, even if those other players aren't even going for flawless. Carrying someone shouldn't be a free pass to stomp. So just being totally aware of the other side of that experience. So you've got someone who just wants to win all the time. That's cool if you can pull that off. But if there's other people on the other side of that always losing, they're not going to stick around. And more people playing trials is a good thing. Yeah because it's a whole part of the game that has honestly some wicked loot attached with it. Like the guns are rad. The armor looks sick. It's, it's my aesthetic. Yeah. And it, it honestly didn't take much effort for me to get a full set. You know, it was uh, some, some good luck on the RNG out of those trials engrams, but you know, I got them all dismantled them. Now I've got the ornaments, right? Like I've yeah. transmogged them. Cool. I can look like a sweat lord if I want to. <laughs> I think I played a handful of games this weekend just because time wasn't on my side. Mm. And I got a messenger, a helm, and a pair of gloves. Yeah. Yeah. And if, Just by and, playing. And also... And having engrams. The, the way that the Trials engram focusing works, too, it's, it's not that expensive. I remember one of the TWABs where they mentioned it. They TWABs, 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 we've done this before. Um, I think the TWAB where they, where they mentioned being able to focus Trials engrams, they were like, be prepared for it to be expensive. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's like one Trials engram a bunch of glimmer, some legendary shards, uh, and you can roll for a specific weapon out of the trials loophole, and you can get some good shit out of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm aiming for Shayoras, Sayoras, Shayoras Wrath. Yeah, the sub yeah. void submachine gun, and there's a particular role that I want. I can't remember it, but mm. I've got it on dim. You know how you can yeah yeah select roles, and then it'll let you know if you drop it. Yeah, uh, yeah. but like for how i play yeah and there's a and couple there's a role there for that and i got my dream role on messenger too first yeah. go so i was like done yeah no done. And there's, there's a couple in the like the vendor rewards track that have specific roles attached to them um so if you want those they're just there all you have to do is play enough trials and you just rank mm. up and you get them um but yeah it's i'm gonna keep going with it i'm not sure I'm not sure this week if they're planning to to try any new stuff. I know they've talked about introducing a zone capture version of Trials. I'm not sure if that's this week or at a later time, but I'm down for them to keep experimenting. Yeah. You know, like, I know they've talked about doing freelance Trials, so it's only solos. Um, that being said, I had some matches this week where it was, my team was all solos coming up against a three stack and we still won. Like it's doable and it's, it's a good time. Like I was slamming my head against yeah. it at times, but then you just drop out, you go to the tower, you pick up some loot, you go back in. The amount of times we like had a Charles Ingram dropped, went to pick it up. And I was like, as I was leaving to, to like fly into tower, I was like, I don't know if I want to play some more trials right now. Picked up the Ingram, looked at my inventory for a second. I was like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go, I'm going to do some more. Because they're quick. In we go. Yeah. Once more into the breach. That's it. And especially when you get to that point where when you've got the extra round wins, so you get more trials points as you go, like you start to see the treadmill turning a bit quicker. And that kind of, at least for me, it kept me going. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, trials ahoy. I'm not going to call myself a sweat lord because I, I am still struggling to break a 1.0 KD in most crucible things. Um, yeah. But I, I have my moments. Like I have, I'm, I'm still running that mid-tree solar titan mainly for the, the little throwing hammer, but I've had a few moments in the last couple of weeks where I've popped my super and just killed the entire team as I was the last guardian standing, and I cannot tell you how fast my heart was beating. <laughs> I've done that with Chaos Reach a couple of times. Yeah. Like, just don't trickle. If you know there's a Chaos Reach Warlock on the other team, don't trickle through a doorway. Well, that's what was fun about this, the map this week because like, there's some pretty open areas to it. As much as everyone was jamming in that one little tunnel a lot of the time, um, there's, there's this thing I've, I've noticed that happens is when it gets down to three on one, a lot of teams will just rush with the three, right? But if that one left on the other team still has their super... Maybe or even don't. heavy. Maybe don't. Yeah, because I that... popped it. I popped a team with Zeno. Yeah, that that was what got me those sort of like three kill clutch round wins was because I saw them. I saw one come around the corner. The other one was right behind him. F key, big hammer. Time to go to work. <laughs> and because it hits the ground, sends out a wave of flame forward and tracks really aggressively. Just like insta kills. It was Big Hammy do the dammy. Yeah, Big Hammy did the dammy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm enjoying trials. Yeah. And there's there's a few there's more than a few of us that I know that used to used to swear up and down they would never touch trials and then And now they're like screaming they're, about it in the server. More about it than I am. It's crazy. I love but it. It's a good time. It is a good time. Destiny continues to be a good time. And unless I'm mistaken, that's probably about it for us this week. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's been episode seven. Erico Blueberry, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, please subscribe for future episodes. It's a weekly thing, but, you know, just in case. Just in case you forget. There's a big red Come button. Come vibe. Come vibe. Come hang out. Jump down in the comments and what did we say? I've already forgotten. Um. Scream about trials. I don't know. Scream about trials. Tell us, um, tell us why we're wrong, so I can delete your comment from the internet. <laughs> let Let me know if I'm right about my conspiracy theories, oh, or yeah. I'm that I'm that idiot on the uh, the footpath with the end is nigh sandwich <laughs> sandwich billboard on my the chest. The end is Bill Nye. You've just like pulled him out for some reason. Sabathun is a liar. Prove well, me wrong. Yeah. Anyway, um, like I said, that'll be it for us. Uh, we will see you next week on Erico Blueberry. Yeah. Goodbye now. See ya.